therapy. This time, I'm a little more peppy as opposed to the last episode because it is not three hours later. That's right. At 9.45. In fact, it is 10.20 a.m. Yes, and we are bringing you a very special episode a little earlier than normal because we have worked it out with our moms. They're so gracious to give us their time, Mm -hmm. and we are going to record this for the third time. And hopefully, third time is the charm. That's what they say. However, I'm not going to lie. These past couple times, I've had a blast. We've had so much fun having these conversations, really getting to like spend quality time with our parents, but then also like have discussions about things we haven't really thought about having discussions about. Right. Mom came in today and started sharing something going on with her ailments of her knees. And then at some point she said, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I don't usually talk about that. <laughs> to which then Lori goes, I hope this is a safe space at this point. So I, I think we have developed a uh, therapy group yeah. or something here. At the very least. Very least, yeah. <laughs> I, I will know. <clears throat> this is a safe group when I can talk about my incontinence. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't do that. <laughs> well, because it's not funny when it, it is, happens. It is well, not funny. Along those lines, that oh, was no. something mom always said when we were kids. She's like, you. she'd start laughing real hard and oh, cross her legs. Cross and, my oh, legs. Yeah. and she'd be like, stop, stop, stop. And we'd all laugh at her even harder, you know? And she's like, when you have had as many kids as I have, it's then true. you'll be, you'll be understanding. Well, is a great segue into aging, aging yes. which is what we were going to talk about with you. Yeah. So we're going to get back to, um, the fact that we have talked about this between the four of us. However, my mom is about to be 61 and Betty here just turned 70. And so now that Jen and I are in our mid thirties, we would like to, you know, just gain access into some of the wisdom that they have acquired over the years and get their perception on some of the things that, um, life has thrown at them. So, Mm -hmm. um, Betty has kind of you know, been discussing with us this funny list that she has has come up with. That um, I don't know what she say. It's funny though. This well, is her reflection. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. That's oh. right. <laughs> Humor has to be part of it. It has to be part of aging. I found this online. It just came up. I didn't hunt for it, and I thought, you know, this is good. It's true, mm-hmm. and it's short and accurate. So I just thought it'd be a good way to kick off. Sure, <clears throat> and. Um, You at home, feel free to chuckle if you hear any of these. So what to expect in your 60s? How does a woman's body change? Number one, we smell different. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's true. Do we want to discuss now or just go through the 10? Let's go through the 10. Number two, we don't move as quickly. Oh, no Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Number three, we lose some herring. What? (laughs) Number four, we tinkle more. (laughs) Number five, we look different. How about your fingernails? What's up with that body shape? Number six, we have skin issues. Number seven, we have senior moments. We do? (laughs) Number eight, we might start to shrink, get a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. Number nine, we need to protect our pearly whites. Number 10, we are susceptible to eye diseases. So Jen's going to post... the uh, location, link mm-hmm. the link to that, excuse me, I said location, the link to that. Aging problem. Yeah. Yes. Because it's worth reading. It's worth reading. So you want to start and with... you're saying that list, it was 10 items, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of you would say, check, 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 check to that list. Check, 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 check. Check, and check, I, check, I check. I guess check. I have to say that senior moment thing, when you're on chemo, you have... 
chemo moments. So mm. it's a double whammy. Yeah, it really hits and so hard. My, my kids are real patient with me. They'll go, mm, yeah, mom, I already told you that. Or mom, you already told me that. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, okay, well, can I tell you again? Because it's a really a good story. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. yeah I enjoy telling it. So. <laughs> I know. so will you act like you enjoy listening? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have the chemo reason, but I do. T it takes me a little bit longer sometimes to pull words out that I want. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very self con not self self aware, conscious of that happening because yes. it bugs me it's a so lot. Mm -hmm. it's very My mom, who is 84, she and I have this joke that one of these days, we're going to be new friends every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to know anything, but I think I'm going to still like her. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, um, and the, the memory thing, um, of course, is all around us, and we all have people in our lives that have had significant memory issues. And, but that doesn't mean that um, you don't continue to offer fun experiences for those mm. folks and and if you've got a spouse, um, fortunately, I, I, my spouse is okay so far, but that's got to be just really, really difficult that all of a sudden the person you've known and loved for years is just gone mm -hmm. and the grief begins before one of, they're gone. Yeah. One of the things I feel like I can kind of speak a little bit on is when I was in high school, I worked at an assisted living care facility mm -hmm. and we had quite a few residents who were... And like they, since it was assisted living, they weren't, you know, Alzheimer's patients, but they were dementia patients. And some of the things that in my training they told us was not to argue with them because that agitates them, but just come to where they are, where they are, just kind of like you do with children. You meet them where they're at, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's worth explaining things through and sometimes it's not just allow them to be in their own reality mm -hmm. and kind of enjoy the space that they're in for what it's worth mm -hmm. for yeah. that moment, yeah. you know? Yeah. And my dad's mom, she, how old was grandma when she passed? 90. Yeah. So she was 90. And in the last like four years, she really was, she had declined. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it was, it was more that like, she didn't know who people were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was never like aggressive or anything, no. but she was very confused. Confused a lot. And the greatest thing, like one of the best stories I feel like from my dad was he got a call. She was in a nursing home and he got a call and she was so upset and she was just so agitated. And she's like, James, da, 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 they're trying to make me do this. this, this, this and then my, my phone won't work and they won't do this. So he's like, okay, mom, we'll come over. So he gets there and she had been trying to call, make a phone call from her remote oh, no. control. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, mom, I'll get it fixed. And he just took it from her and it was gone. Mm -hmm. The agitation was gone. He just mm -hmm. met her where she was. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that. you don't need to argue that that was the wrong device. You don't mm -hmm. need to throw a fit about how she doesn't understand things. It's just like this beautiful moment between the two of them where she felt seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And he was like meeting her where mm -hmm. she's at. Mm -hmm. I love that story. And, and it reminds me that... There perhaps has been a moment when I've grabbed the remote and thought, that's not my phone. Sure. That's my phone. <laughs> but as you age, you do, um, you're still young, Lori, but as you age, you do have those moments when you think, oh, mm, is this the beginning? Mm -hmm. Am I, you know, mm. but I don't stay there very long mm -hmm. in, the, in my thoughts. Um, but I, I Getting on to what 30-somethings could learn about aging, 
This just came from a girlfriend yesterday to me in a text, and she didn't know I was doing this. And she said, oh, I heard this neatest thing, and you probably have all heard it. Was it our podcast? I'm, I don't I'm think joking. it was therapy. I'm absolutely joking. <laughs> I don't think it was therapy. But the, the little um, phrase says, everybody gets to be young, but not everybody gets to be old. Yes. And that's so mm. true. That's so true. And that's a good point. <clears throat> as you all know, we thought we had taped, but didn't tape. And so um, Lori here had, had made a statement early on with this topic that really challenged me personally. The and, first time we tried mm -hmm. this? The second time we tried this? Probably both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, because she's been dealing with cancer. Mm -hmm. and, um, but she did make a choice in how she was going to respond to that. And she chose to be thankful, be grateful, and move forward with it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Same with aging. Mm -hmm. And I've spent enough time bemoaning mm -hmm. that I'm old. And Lori and I were chatting about this a minute ago. It j it's just like, boom, okay, here it is. Oh, man, my thumbs don't work anymore. My hip hurts. My knee hurts. I've got vertigo. And it caught and me off to guard. to go to the bathroom. Yeah, i got to go to the bathroom. Where, you know, you plan your trips on where am I going to go uh -huh. to the bathroom. My husband always used to say, you never pass by a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so life does change. Mm -hmm. It does. But I do know this. I could have done better in preparing for it. And that's what I think is important for younger people yes. to know. I've told yes. my nieces and nephews for years, if you're exercising right now, excuse me, do not stop. You've said that to me since I was about three. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> Jennifer, do not here's stop. The two, here's the two things I've heard my entire life. And they've actually served me quite well. One, eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. Two, never stop moving your body. Yeah. Those are, I good. say it in a good sassy advice. voice, mostly because I'm sort of making fun of you. But I do think that both of those pieces of advice have served me well at middle middle age. Is, am I considered middle age? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't not. know what middle age is anymore. <laughs> no, you're, you're not, not, you're not yet. yet. Oh, what is it? I think it's 45, isn't yeah. it? Somewhere around yeah. Really? Oh, I'm a kid. There we go. Yeah, you're kid. We call you You got to feel good about that. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm ready to age. I love a good wrinkle. I know. I know. You've talked about that. We I'm can come fine. Back. I'm fine with a wrinkle. I think I, I don't have any problems with wrinkles. I just personally look at myself in the mirror and I feel like I get my energy from how I, this sounds terrible, but from how I look. Mm -hmm. So if I look extra tired, if I look pale, if I look exhausted, I feel like the whole day, especially because when I'm working, I'm staring at myself in the mirror. Oh, yeah. It mm -hmm. sets the tone for my day. Mm -hmm. So when I get up and I look a little bit more fresh faced and I look like my skin feels, you know, clearer and prep peppier, I feel like that begins my day on a better note. I have, that is good. This is going to have to be another episode because I have so many thoughts, but this is not the time nor place. Janet. I'm always shocked when I look in the mirror and have white hair. <laughs> I still am. Really? It still I, shocks me. But yes. you know, the thing is though, mom, that's like in, that's you. very in right now. Do you know how many people pay thousands still of shocking. dollars? It's well, still it's shocking because it, you're not used to it. So for you listeners, I was bald for what? Six to nine months. Yeah. Something like that. And mm -hmm. my hair came back white. I yeah. mean, like what white, was white, it prior white. to you losing it? Well, Kelsey colored. Oh, yeah, so it was it always was colored, but colors. it was, she had a lot of gray, but it wasn't as consistent as it is now. 
It was mm-hmm. a, there was a I lot. I wouldn't of, call this gray though either. This is like the, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very pretty. So yeah. it's. I mean, she had a lot more color. Yeah. In, like more pepper mixed in with her salt. Okay. I would say. Pretty. But, but it still is shocking when I look in the mirror. Well, well, and and Lori and I chatted, and this is not a new thought, but it's really true. In your head, you think you're 35 or 40. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then next thing you know, you have your 70th birthday. Yeah. And or your grandkids that say, hey, let's go play out in the yard. Yeah. Okay, I can't run like that <laughs> <can't> anymore. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that, uh, one of my favorite stories, went to her granddaughter's soccer game, and after the soccer game, they were walking back to the car. Oh, grandma, I'll race to the car. And my friend said, oh, honey, grandma doesn't run anymore. And granddaughter said, oh, I am so sorry. Just like, yeah, if you can't run, you know, life is over. Are you useful at all? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, and I think that's what when I said one or two episodes ago, it, I feel like it crept up on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and turning 70, is pretty serious. I was okay through my 60s. I didn't anticipate that it would be as much of an impact as it was, and I'm fine now. But it's, yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this mm-hmm. is something to be 70. And, you know, I hope I have five well, or 10 years. Well, we used to years. think that 70 was old. Old, yeah. And now we're getting there. And it's, yeah, it doesn't my, seem as old. My mom lived till she was 96. And wow. Lord knows I don't want to live that long. Mm. But, you know, and Jen knows that I don't want to live that long. She doesn't want me to live that long. Anyway. Well, let's not put words in my mouth. But the point is, it's going to happen to all of us. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going yep. to happen. So some preparation. So yeah. Yes. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. and But and your physical self, your mental self, your emotional self. I kind of so want to, and I want to bring this up because in the part one of friendship, you had mentioned not Lori, feeling like you hadn't made time for friends or something, right? Right, right. So I sort of wanted to, um, what's the word, shoot off of that. What are other things? And you were kind of getting there. Your young 30s, take care of yourself. I think you meant maybe more physically. But what are things younger women emotionally could be doing to help themselves so that when you are hitting 60, 70 and reflecting back on your life, you're maybe not getting to that point with hundred different regrets, but you can look back and think, I'm proud of what I did here. What I are some... think um, ma- learning how to manage stress and anxiety <clears throat> is really critical. Mm-hmm. I would put that right up there with physical care, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. physical self-care, because the, um, the impact of anxiety and stress can take an, a physical toll yes, on mm-hmm. you as well. We're all, you know, we're, we're just, we're one person. We're some of all of our parts. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we can't assume mm-hmm. that some stress isn't going to affect and us physically. It also takes a toll on your relationships. It does. With your spouse or your significant other, with your children, with your colleagues, with your friends. Yes. You know, something that I felt, Jen, when you just asked that question, mm-hmm. that I did do for myself is fed my spiritual self. Yes. Church was always important to us. And that it was something I looked forward to every Sunday is being able to go to church. I had a Bible study with some friends and it just, oh, it just fed my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along with that, um, and that's priority for me as well, but, and, and Jen's heard me say this for a long time, is to feed your soul. Mm-hmm. 
I don't mean through Bible studies, but the way in which we were made, we were all made mm-hmm. with something that just really speak to us and warms our heart and makes us feel good. And for me, it's um, more artistic things mm-hmm. and color. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I can walk into a fabric store and feel like I've died and gone to heaven. Mm. Yeah. Oh. You too? You too? You know, she's I a quilter. Love to quilt. And that was always my therapy time when yeah. my kids were growing yes. up. Yes. And my youngest son says that when I die, they're going to take my ashes and spread them at a Joanne's fabric store. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's gosh, I love that. Yeah. And true. Kelsey's husband says he's going to light the house on fire because I have too much fabric <laughs> to even begin to move. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but but it is. You, you're right. You do need to find it things that soul. feed. Yeah. Yes. And that, that ignites your passions. Yes. You know, and mm. I think when you're raising kids, it's really difficult to keep an eye on those things. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, because you just get so sidetracked. And sometimes it only, you, you don't have the time. Right. You don't have the, the free time to dedicate to those things. Let, and so, me, let me interrupt there. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. You thought now, you didn't have time? Yeah. And oh. I only had one child. But newsflash, having one child is, can be as challenging and in terms of time management, yes, as having 10 kids. Right. If you make the determination that she's going to be my priority, and she was, but you will not present your best self to anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Including that child if I don't take care of myself. Yeah. Or, or if you don't have children, a spouse yeah. or a significant mm-hmm. other. Yeah. It's still you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you really do. And, and so how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I clearly remember, this will be a repeat for you guys, when Jen was about five. And John and I, one of us was out of the house every night of the week for a church activity. Mm-hmm. You know, a committee meeting or a choir practice or worship team mm-hmm. or Bible study. And we, didn't, we realized we didn't like that, but you didn't want to say it because mm-hmm. it was church. Yes. But I remember we were standing in the kitchen and one of us was getting ready to take off and we had, you know, rushed in a supper together because that was always important to us was to eat mm-hmm. together, the little three mm-hmm. of us. And then one of us was going to rush off and I thought, I-, I don't like this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John and I it. had both been at work, you know, mm-hmm. during the day, rush home, get some time with her. John loved reading to her at night before she went to bed. And then we decided something has to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. I know that's really hard for some people to do, mm-hmm. but trust, you know, a couple of seasoned ladies, that's the thing to do. And trust mm-hmm. your gut on those things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even though your mind is telling you, I need to be involved in church or I need to be involved in community activities or do all these extra for my job, step back and reflect, what are my priorities? Because if your priorities are your family, mm-hmm. then something maybe needs to be changed. Yes. I, I, you know, this book that I read during COVID really helped me put that into perspective. And you guys are going to laugh because um, it's called the, the life changing magic of not giving a fuck. And, and it is, which by the way, I looked up this week and I read it in April of 2022 as well. Oh my gosh. Oh my So, Mm -hmm. so during COVID I was feeling like I need to, you know, I was in my audio book fix Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I've heard this is a good book. I'm going to read it. And the number one thing that I took from that was that we all have a fuck budget, which is exactly what you're talking about, Betty. When you have 
all these things that are trying to take okay, things from you. Okay, but as we age, we're having a hard time hearing that word. Oh, yeah. It's fine. But when you overspend <laughs> it'll, it'll make that, you young again. Yeah. When you overspend your fuck budget, mm-hmm. you, every single person suffers. Everybody gets the least amount from you. Mm-hmm. So when you're giving yourself only in limited amounts to every single activity that no one is giving the maximum or no one's getting the maximum return That's correct. on their investment. Mm-hmm. And so it's something we all have to think about mm-hmm. is where am I going to channel mm-hmm. those interests mm-hmm. and what is going to be the max, you know, return on those. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I have personally, you know, taken some time to realize okay, this doesn't suit me as well. I don't get what I need out of it. So we're going to reroute. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is something I feel like because of watching you, mom, where you did see, like, feel like there was so many activities that we all were in. We were all running from place, you know, place to place all the time. And you were involved in so many things. I felt like watching you do all those, it was really, I could tell that there was an emotional toll that it was taking on you when we were kids because on top of being a mom and a full-time teacher and a wife and everything it was pulling you away from who you were Mm. yes and I feel like that's something that that's so true it's a it's a lesson that I had to learn via watching you overspend yourself well and Mm. then once your kids are gone you don't know who you are exactly yeah and that's Mm -hmm. that's you know we we spoke about this last time but that's something that for me I I need to feel feel good about who I am. Mm-hmm. A- apart from a mom, apart from a wife, apart from a friend, I need to recenter myself. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I am me till the day that I die. Mm-hmm. And the longest relationship we're ever going to have is with ourself. Yep. And it's the number one one that goes on the back burner. It's the one that we don't focus enough energy on. It's the one that we are constantly putting to the last thing on the list. How many times I have heard friends say, I don't know who I am mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, I think that's really critical. And, and, and what about your spouse? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you have to work on in a marriage yes. every day mm-hmm. till the marriage is no more. Right. It doesn't right. just happen in the first 10 years. You're always working on your marriage because yes. you're changing. Yeah. So so, speaking, I, one of my favorite quotes, I've only been married once, but I've been married to 10 different people. And the point being over the course of the longevity of their relationship, his wife had changed who she was. And your spouse is, and he's, you're going to change. Right. And your spouse is going to change. Yes. And your children grow and change. It's ever evolving. You've got to be flexible. Yeah. It's my father-in-law always used to say, you need to be a willow, not an oak. Yeah, to be able to bend. Mm. Good. Mm-hmm. I like that phrase. And and Lori stressed this last time, but one of the things that could help is time with girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. most likely the women you're hanging out with are in the very same position. Mm-hmm. You're probably yes. all doing mm-hmm. the same crazy, and you can say, "Okay, time out. I can't do this anymore." Mm-hmm. So perhaps you know a girlfriend can help you mm-hmm. find that balance. Yes, they can look maybe a little more objectively and say, what do you think about, you know, going to get your nails done every month, maybe yeah. every other month or whatever. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't forget those girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, um, there was this 
uh, now I'm going to have to find it. Da, 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 da. There was this um, quote that I saw that just really feeds into what we're talking about. Removing yourself from shit that repeatedly triggers your mental health and hurts your heart is top tier self-care. Removing yourself mm. from shit that repeatedly triggers your mental health and hurts your heart is top tier self-care. When I feel like self-care is something a lot of people talk about. But, but they don't know how to do it. But also, yes, exactly. They think that it is like going to get a manicure or pedicure right. or, you know, going to your favorite, you know, dinner and or watching a movie alone. But self-care is also just the minute things. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? This discussion with this person is constantly giving me anxiety. I am not feeling like I'm get, walking away from it any better than what I was before. Mm -hmm. Every time that we get into this cycle, I feel worse. I don't feel like it was worth the time and energy. So giving, I feel like even though I'm only 36, I feel like I've given myself the permission, permission. Yes. To, to not participate in those things. Yes. Well, I was just going to say in knowing that everyone struggles, you're not yes. alone. Yes. Um, I saw something on Facebook the other day and so I screenshotted it. Um, it's from Charles Glassman. It says kindness begins with the understanding that we all struggle. You know, it's being kind to yourself, being kind to your girlfriends, being kind to your family, coworkers, whatever. But knowing you're not the only one struggling, they're not the only one struggling. Mm -hmm. We all go through that. Mm -hmm. The what you're touching on here is what I think is a, a really critical piece, and that is dealing with your emotions as things happen through your life. And putting things away that you've dealt with and don't need to ruminate on anymore. Mm -hmm. And because um, what happens if you don't? I learned this a little too late in my life, <clears throat> so it's so I'm racing to do it now. But um, a lot of time can be wasted and energy spent because I didn't tend to some emotional things mm -hmm. for me. And so it's still in there, and it comes out in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but you really need to stay on top of that emotional kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and your thinking patterns. Thinking can lead to really negative emotions. Well, and I kind of think of um, when you've got emotional things that you don't deal with or baggage we might talk about. I think of it, and I always used to tell my students this, it's like a nail. The further it gets hammered into that board, mm -hmm. the harder it is to take it out. Yeah. But if you can deal with it right away, mm -hmm. yeah. then absolutely. it's gone. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, grief and loss comes to mind because we all deal with that in, loss, in life. And I'm not sure that some people will identify that that's what's going on with them mm -hmm. when they're having some emotional upset. And, and I speak about that one just because it, it has been an important thing that I've had to deal with in my life. And um, had I not with a couple of things, I'm not sure where I'd be today. Mm -hmm. And I had help getting to a point where I was, I was able to deal with the deep grief and then let it go. You know, that letting go is, is so critical. And so if you all don't know how to do that, talk to somebody mm -hmm. about dealing with your emotions. And there's probably not a single thing you could say <laughs> that would ever shock uh, right. somebody right. else. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. But if you mm -hmm. don't deal with that stuff, it will come back to bite you in the butt. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, one of my favorite parts of the conversation we had that didn't get recorded was tied into this and in that somehow it came up that when you think about emotions... Um, Brene Brown, who I love, has done a study, and typically I think the average person can name 
it's either four or five emotions, Mm -hmm. which is happy, sad, angry, and I can never remember the last one. But my point is, and this was one of my favorite parts of our discussion originally, is language and having the right language to understand what it is you're actually feeling so that you can deal with said emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you are operating, let's say, out of the framework of, oh, I'm sad about this situation, when actually what's going on is you're feeling disappointed, you're never actually right. going to work through whatever that situation was because yes. you don't even have the right word mm-hmm. to associate with what's it. happening. Yeah. Um, and I, so I'm bringing that up because I think this was a, one of my favorite parts of the, our conversation and would be helpful for people in their thirties. Cause I'm asked this a lot still to this day by girlfriends of mine. How do you, how do you, you know, your emotions so well, you ask such good questions because I grew up with a mom who would pick me up after school every day. And would help me process whatever had happened that school day would help me name what sounds like you were feeling left out or it sounds Mm -hmm. like you were feeling like your expectation wasn't met. And I did not realize probably until definitely not till college, maybe even in the last five to 10 years, how rare of an experience my childhood was to have a parent that did that. I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to even do that for someone else. Yeah, right. You know, that's the other thing because you have to be aware. How can I ask you a question about how you're feeling if I don't even have that scale or spectrum? Let me tell you why I would ask her that. It wasn't for it wasn't for you. <laughs> Here truth Jan, comes out. I thought you were wow. number one. Yeah, truth comes out. Come to realize it was for me because I'm thinking, how can I help and train my child yes. if I yes. don't know what they're going through? Yes. Mm-hmm. If I don't sure. know what they're experiencing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I would ask those questions. And let me say this, mothers who are going, Oh yeah, right, that's gonna happen. Now I pick up her son mm-hmm. from school. And he's seven, and I have learned that Mister doesn't want to talk a lot after school. He does not want to be asked how was it. Mm-hmm. Can you name something really good? Can you name something difficult? No. Mm-hmm. So you got to know your kid. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. so with him, you know, after Those a conversations while, conversations come at a different time. They right? come at a yeah. different time. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is. Help the child identify those yes. emotions and mm-hmm. still have those conversations. Yes, it, probably have to be on their terms, but do it. Yeah. It's important. Well, mindful. I feel like maybe maybe this is not how you guys see it, and having a little bit more perspective, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like parenting is all about meeting your child where they're at. Yes, you cannot yes. expect a child who has no experience of how, of being an adult to act or behave like an adult. Correct. You know. I, my youngest is going to challenge me every second of every day. <laughs> That's just who she is. Uh-huh. She and, and I love that about her. She thinks about things in a way that sometimes is very difficult for me to, <laughs> to um, take, you know, the fact that she only sees it from one point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I have to repeat in my head, an escalated adult cannot de-escalate a child. Mm-hmm. So when you're in a position, wait, wait, can you just repeat that really quick? Yeah. An escalated adult cannot deescalate a child when you are losing your mind. And when that child is pushing every single, single boundary that you have, you raising your voice, you matching that energy is never going to change the tone of that situation. It, there, it's not that you're wrong for being upset, but you cannot expect your behavior being out of control to take that child's behavior down a level. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. So I have to tell myself constantly, 
Kelsey, take a breath. Mm-hmm. She's five. She has no experience with life. She is little. Her life is only her right now. Mm-hmm. Her experiences are all she's got. Mm-hmm. So I need to meet her where she's at, mm-hmm. not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's helped me parent. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I and don't it's helped know. her. Yes. I can tell from experience watching. Yes. It's helped her. I don't recall doing that. I probably could have done better mm-hmm. at that. Nobody De-escalating? Told me, nobody told me about this stuff when I, when yeah. I was in my 30s. So I knew I about this better. stuff, but I wasn't very good at keeping myself <laughs> under control. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing is, too, like, I'm not saying I don't lose my temp- temper. Right. I absolutely do. But I have to tell my, if I, I find myself, if I talk to myself in my head mm-hmm. and say that, like, it, it t- kind of takes a lot of the energy out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And it just brings me back down. And the other thing I've, I've kind of started doing with my kids is I do apologize to them. Mm-hmm. Every child should hear important. that from a parent. Exactly. Yes. It's so important mm-hmm. for children to see that adults are not perfect, That's right. mm-hmm. that we don't have all the answers that we're just learning too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that's something I feel really passionate about is like acknowledging like, Hey, I could have done that better. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry. I felt like, you know, that situation wasn't handled the way I had wanted it to be handled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, and I even, you know, with my girls, of course I make them apologize to each other, but in the response that I've told them to say to each other, instead of saying it's okay, or like hugging about it, I, I tell them, the response to I'm sorry is thank you for apologizing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you for saying sorry, because that's acknowledging the behavior. Yep. It's not, you know, excusing whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that moving forward in their life, hopefully, you know, speaking to emotional intelligence, that will help them realize that no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. Apologies are sincere. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. And they're not something to be taken for granted. And I really mm-hmm. like the fact that you say the response is thank you rather than it's okay because it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It is not okay. And that's something I learned from my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always told them to say, or they always would say, I don't know how that worked out, but it was, they'd say it's okay, but mm-hmm. it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind is what you're teaching them in that is taking responsibility for your. For what you did and yes. what you said. Yes, yes. Yeah. exactly. Because yes. how many adults do we know that will not take right. responsibility for what mm-hmm. comes out yes. of their mouth? And yes. the flip side, also, same coin, is you're also teaching them that their boundaries are completely acceptable. And when that boundary has yes. been crossed, yes. it is okay to let that person know very yes. clearly Yes. That was unacceptable. Yes. yes. And thank you for acknowledging that that was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think women, mm-hmm. especially, we struggle with that boundaries or we struggle with even yes. being comfortable to say pretty directly to someone that that was not okay with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't make that a general statement. That's been my experience. It's taken mm-hmm. me a long time up until my 30s to be able to when someone does apologize to not say, OK, yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel yeah. guilty or selfish for having some boundary. Um, and I'm learning absolutely not that yes. that's, yeah. that is okay. Yeah. So for your girls to learn that at their yes. ages is, um, I think going to change the long-term to direct to trajectory. Thank you. Yeah. And serve them well. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, I can't really take credit for it. I saw it ironically on an episode of that nanny nine one one or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, Same. and 
that was something that she was saying was like, when you apologize to somebody, you need to acknowledge the apology, but that person receiving the apology, they're not wrong for, mm-hmm. for feeling, that, yes, that way. for feeling hurt, for feeling let down, that yeah. their, their life and their experience is also valid. Mm-hmm. That's yes. called valuing people, yes. is. which is another great thing to teach your child. Mm-hmm. Yes. That I don't care who that person is, if they're sitting on the street homeless or driving a Mercedes around town, mm-hmm. they are valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to share a story that, um, not Kelsey's daughter, but another five-year-old granddaughter I had was having with my mother. So my mother's 84, mm-hmm. my granddaughter's five. She gets off the bus and she was upset. There was a boy on the bus who had pinched her mm-hmm. and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, my mom taught first grade for 30 years and said to my granddaughter, sometimes when boys like you, they'll do things like that. And then I was about ready to jump in and say, but it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, but it's not okay if it hurts you. And you need to tell him, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And my granddaughter said, well, I didn't know what to do. And my mom said, let's practice. So they practice mm. her saying, stop doing that. It hurts me. And um, my granddaughter just started to smile. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now I've got the tools. tools. Now mm-hmm. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't to say it's okay. No. It was to say, stop doing that. Yep. And where I think we have failed, Lori, is... Failed who's we? What I'm thinking about right now, maybe this will make sense. Maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have said failed. Young women need to learn so much about being a woman. And it's not being passive. Right. It's not taking it. It's not whatever anybody dishes out to me. I just have to figure out what to do with that. Yes. And so a, a healthier woman would uh, do, I just love that story about your mom and granddaughter. Yes. Yes. Gave her the tools. And here's the thing, like mom and I talked about it later, mom's 84, so she would have years ago not said anything because girls were, and she was subservient to my father. Mm -hmm. Um, Girls would just stand back and let Let the punches roll, Yeah, you know? And I'm so thankful that she taught my granddaughter different. Well, I'm curious what would have shifted for your mom. Like, if you you know, you just said she wouldn't have. I think she raised my sister and I mm-hmm. not to be pushovers. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. I think that their generation mm-hmm. was raised where women were seen and not heard type deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like the man was the right. head of the house. The man was the one that was kind of steering every situation exactly and I think for her at this point in her life she's realizing like the generations after her mm-hmm. have a vi- and I and, and this is just a blanket statement and I think it's absolutely true and I think all the men in our lives would agree the women in my family are the strongest yes mm-hmm. most independent <laughs> not that not that we don't need men Mm -hmm. that's not the case it's just that we have grown in every generation to be more independent Mm -hmm. more solid on our own emotionally and you know financially every every aspect of that and I think my grandma watching that and seeing that is like 
it, it ignites a fire in her that she feels like she wasn't able to really fully envelop. I yeah. think that's true. Yeah. But she's so proud that she's been able to be part of yes. helping that generation grow. Yeah. I know it, a kind of a funny story. One of my son-in-laws, there were two or three of the girls approaching him. I have five daughters. And he said, I am always petrified when it's more than one of you coming at me because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah. I said, we want to keep you on your toes. And that's, you know, that's the funny thing is like, I, f- I feel like that's something I was born with. I feel like as a whole, I have always been a very, maybe ignorantly, like self-confident person. I've never really cared about what other people thought. I never really cared about people accepting who I was. I tried really hard to be kind. However, it did not bother me if somebody disagreed. And I also mm-hmm. would say something if I disagreed. That mm-hmm. was never a challenge for That's me. That's the Enneagram 8 in you. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But mm-hmm. I And I feel like, Mom, you can speak to that too. Like I, I would do that as like a five-year-old child. Yes. And I mean, a funny story that comes to my mind is I spent a lot of time with my grandfather <laughs> as a child. And I would ride around in his truck when he was doing farm calls because he was a veterinarian. And you know, he knew a lot of the farmers in the area that were, they were first name basis, good friends, you know, and one of them is still a very good friend. And he had stopped my grandpa and I, we were driving down the road, started talking to him and telling him and da, 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 da. Now this is on a gravel road, yeah. mind you, way out in the country. Yeah. And I don't remember doing this, but I've heard this for my entire life, but I just leaned across my grandpa and said, you know what? We really don't care. <laughs> no, you did not. I did. I was like, what, mom, was I like three, yeah, four? You were, you were not in school yet. No, no, no. And oh so my. I'm just like, I said, and you know so, what? I said the guy's name. I said, you know what? We really don't care. <laughs> and my grandpa and him just lost their minds and just started laughing. So that is just a part of who I am yeah. from my, like from my core that like, I, I've never felt, it's not that I don't feel the pressure to be, you know, accepting and things like that, but I just have never felt like, like I had to suppress myself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why when I was describing Kelsey in three words, mm-hmm. um, one of the words I chose was deep. And the reason I said that, and love was another one, is she loves deep. Mm-hmm. And she will come to defend anyone mm-hmm. at any time. I remember um, there was a basketball game, and for some reason, either I wasn't there or I didn't know it happened, but someone that Kelsey was in Kelsey's class had said something negatively about um, her, one of her sisters. And so Kelsey said, let's go outside and oh. take care of this. Oh. And so we, and we never, physical expression of anger is never, ever, ever okay. And she went outside and punched this girl. And I'm like, wait, what, what mom, you can't believe. And she went on and on because that's Mm. her. There was four of us girls that were within four years. So we were very close, had this very similar friends. And the hard thing for me was I did have other, like the three other of my sisters that are close with me do not have the same strong personality. Mm. And so I was kind of, even though I had a sister who was older, I was the one that was like, no, 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 no. This, this is not happening. I don't care about who you think you are. I don't care the relationship you think you have with me. This is not acceptable. And if you're going to behave this certain way, then there's going to be a consequence for that. So I don't, I, 
I don't even remember getting in trouble for that, to be honest well, with you. Well, you know, here's the deal. We we struggled with that because we never, ever, physical expression of anger is never okay. We didn't physically discipline you guys. It was grounding. Right. You were probably grounded more than all the other six together yeah. combined. <laughs> Agreed. But, but um, you know, we felt strongly that the reason she did it were okay. I'm sure we told you you can't punch people. Well, Kelsey's pretty strong I think, for you listeners. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> I do remember dad saying, you can't do that because you're a lot stronger than other people. Yeah. He just essentially was saying, hey, you need to think about who you are, your stature versus mm-hmm. other people. Mom, I have a quick question for you, sort of yes. tied to strong women. And obviously I know your story more than these two. And so I'm curious that you at 70, sort of like Lori's mom, oh. she's 84, is now seeing granddaughters who are learning to be strong and vocal. And you're 70. And I don't know if we've, I feel like we've maybe danced around this, but I don't know if we've ever actually had this conversation. A woman who grew up in the context of full-time ministry or was involved in ministry and sort of the narrative that you heard repeatedly growing up was functionally you're too much. Mm. And you also had to tamper yourself down is how I perceived when you've talked about stories is the story that you were telling yourself is I'm however I made it's too much and I can't be exactly who I've been made to be whatever. And now I, here I am in my mid thirties and I think this, the things I see more often are it's the women that are too much are typically the movers and shakers and that's more allowed now. So for you looking at me, um, even making some of the personal choices I've made, how, does that make you feel? Do you think back on your own life and think, had I made a similar choice or felt like I had the option to make choices mm. instead of thinking I'm too much? Well, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. <laughs> huh. um, well, let's see. Yes, Jennifer's correct. I've, she's heard me say for years, I never fit anywhere. Mm. I'm telling you all this to not do this, but I'm 70 now and I'm just now figuring out that indeed I have fit and mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm, good. But what I had to do to feel like I was fitting or that I was okay was, yeah, cover up part of me. Mm-hmm. I think that, that the most damage that was done to me was not necess- was maybe something that another person said to me or did to me. And rather than me dealing with that at that time, I took that information and I internalized it. Mm-hmm. So then I came out years later, decades later, with this huge message that fed that mm-hmm. inadequacy mm-hmm. or that I don't fit anywhere mm-hmm. scenario. And so, so I'm very grateful to say that I'm just now starting to unpack all that stuff mm-hmm. and let it go. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, if you're in your thirties and, and somebody says something to you or takes action against you and inside you go, Whoa, <laughs> you know, wait a minute. Or somebody says, you know, you were just, you were just too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just bring it down. You're just too much. What are you going to do with that statement? Are you going to go home and say, well, they must mean this. 
And then I start thinking this, and I start internalizing it. And then pretty soon I've sort of lost me. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know who I am. And um, so don't do that. You know, if, if somebody says to you, you're, you're not really what we need. We don't want you in this group anymore. Well, at that moment, or maybe later, could you please clarify that mm-hmm. for me? But, and, but the process of, that I take in sorting out the feelings of that is so critical. If I don't get an accurate picture of what really happened in that situation, I will carry unnecessary yes. baggage yes. Mm-hmm. for a really yes. long time. Yes. And I won't really be aware of it, mm-hmm. probably, until later. And I think, oh... You know, mm-hmm. I, I am a mess. You know, and I'll say that to a friend. She go, what do you mean you're a mess? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah. oh, well, maybe I'm not. One of the quotes that I've always felt very deeply to my core that I, I hate that I emotionally, it's very difficult for me to understand this part because it comes very naturally to me. But one of the things that I heard is other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, that's Other true. people's opinions of you are none of your business. I've never really cared about that sort of stuff. It's never really bothered me. If somebody thought I was too much, I was like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not my pe- you're not my people. Mm-hmm. See, and I, I hear that, on. and I'm just amazed that that's. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for me because, but okay. So let's get back to this. I keep a very small group, right? My group is not 75 people. Mm-hmm. My group is a core of like maybe a couple handfuls. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel any less than because of that, because mm-hmm. those people fully, truly, and a hundred percent accept me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, they all come to me for a real realistic point of view and opinion. They understand that I'm going to tell them the truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be hurtful, but if they did something that I don't necessarily see the benefit coming from that, I absolutely am going to be the one to say that. Like mm-hmm. I, maybe you could have done something a little different there because I feel like mm, you didn't shine a best light. But the thing is like, it's the truth. Other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's That's not theirs. It's their, their exactly, <laughs> ex- exactly. And, and you don't have to accept everything that's thrown at you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other thing you can say, like, and I, and I have said this a couple of times, I'm sorry, that was your experience. That's not what I wanted from that experience. Move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's very difficult for some people, Kelsey. Yeah. Very and, I, difficult. and I'm realizing that as I yes. get older, yeah. because it, again, it's come very natural to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily in every single situation, but most situations it's come very natural for me to just kind of move past that. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had to, you know, slow myself down and like really understand that that is not the majority of people's responses. Mm -hmm. I do think it comes a little bit with age because that would not be my response. That's historically not been true of how I would operate. But I think the older I get, and I'm even hearing you, like you're in your seventies dealing with some of this, but the older I get, the less I do care because you, well, I guess bottom line for me, it comes down to, I know who I am Mm -hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Because I've had the longevity and the p- opportunity to get to know myself. And so it's recognizing and being comfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. which maybe wasn't true 15 years ago. Sure. And I think that's key, Jen, being comfortable in mm-hmm. your own skin, feeling good about where you are. And like for me, it's not that I don't care what other people say. I'm comfortable where I am. Where you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
something that I don't know if I answered your question at all, Jen. It, you didn't really, but what were you going I still, for? I was more just as you have a few decades ahead, looking at a younger generation, seeing what I would say is, well, okay, let, maybe I'll pay, I'll tell a story kind of like you did to paint where I'm I'm getting at. So. I have a side hustle and a gentleman had come up to me and had been over listening to a conversation I was having with another patron. And this gal is in the middle of a divorce. And so he quickly gathered that I'm divorced and she's getting divorced. And this stranger whom I've never met from Adam, he looked at me and he said, you young women now, you just think you can do whatever you want and it's easier <gasps> to quit marriage or quit your marriage and get divorced and just be off on your own and you're not willing to put the time and effort and energy into relationship. A man said this? Yeah. Uh, man, I would guess Was he wanting to be kicked in the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I would guess gosh. he was probably maybe in his mid 40s, late 40s, early 50s and I chose to not say anything. I'm at work. This is a yes. patron. This is not the time or place to have this. The The woman that I was speaking to, she spoke up, which that's fine. It, I gathered that the two of them knew each other and she had some words with him. But all that to say, for me, again, as the Enneagram 9 and maybe struggling with opinions, as he's saying this, I start to feel shame because it's like, yes, of yes, course. yep, that's that's the story I tell myself too, is like, I didn't put in the time and energy and am I taking the easy way out? So then that's where my mind goes for the rest of the evening, right? All that to say, Betty, when you look at a younger generation or even look at me, look at my choice to pursue a divorce, in your mind, are you like, Yep, I'm glad that my daughter knows who she is and feels oh. confident enough to or, do that. Or oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so grateful that generations today, women can use their brains. Yes. Mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. women have, have the freedom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and have opinions and be mm-hmm. smart and mm-hmm. competent and mm-hmm. do well and successful and successful. Mm-hmm. You know that there was still a little bit of a lid yeah. on me, right and. Uh, that's more what I was getting at is I think you rubbed up against that. I did. I did rub up against that a lot. And, and one thing in particular that was huge for me was I was in a a ministry for a long time and preparing to give my life to that seemed that that was the way it was going. And, um, one day, surprise, surprise, the director had a meeting with him and, and another person, and he said, well, we can't use you anymore. You're done with us. And I was stunned, and, you know, now looking back, I wish I had asked more questions and said more. Mm-hmm. But I, I said, You're in shock. why? Mm-hmm. And he said, you ask too many questions. What? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you, you just need to do what you're told, and you ask too many questions. And I said, well... I, I do remember this much. I said, my questions, I'm just trying to learn. I, I, I love learning. And I just want to understand the whys behind what I'm asked to do or what activity we need. How is this working? And he said, well, you just need to do what you're told. Mm. And <clears throat> so... The look on Kelsey's face. It's very difficult for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that completely changed the course of my life for the good. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's just an example, I think, of, of not just the times, but that particular attitude, even in Christian circles, was that I was too much. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the reality was that the, the young woman that was supervising me, I was too much for her. We were extremely different personality-wise, and they didn't know what to do with me. They weren't enough for I was you. just yeah. going to say, it wasn't that you were too <laughs> much. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But the message I took, right. I fought mm-hmm. it. Sure. But then as I've, as I've thought through the years of other things that were said to me, it came back as shame. Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course it did. Shame. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so I feel sort of regenerated now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, okay, well, I, I've always felt like, God made me this way. This is how I am. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I'm open to learning and and maybe not being so much in this particular situation. But this is me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not apologizing for it. I was for a long time. I, well, I'm mm. sorry. You know, I'll try and be more passive and more milk toast. No. No. But that's Mm-mm. the message I was given. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't do that. You can't do You can't be that way. Well, why can't you? Well, you know, just shaking all that off. So if you're dealing with anything like that right now, you will save yourself a lot of emotional stress well into your older years if you deal with that kind of stuff now. I just, uh, the thing that I mm, contemplate a lot is, and I've read this, if you have a singular voice, doesn't have to be a lot of voices, so sort of the idea of having a girlfriend, a few girlfriends who are championing you Mm -hmm. and reminding you, here's what's true, here's what's be seeing you, and then even when you fail, they're still there, mm-hmm. the importance of that. And so some wow. of your story, I think, is a reflection yeah. of you never, you didn't have a voice who you could come home to maybe and say, here's what just happened, and they'd say, Betty, that's just not true. At that time, that yeah. mm-hmm. Right. So, Man, I just, it, it all, every time we have a conversation, it's all just this full circle idea of yeah. the importance of yes. being honest and <laughs> yes. being able to say, here's what's going on with me, because the likelihood that someone's going to say, me too. Yeah. And to talk about, um, yes. to talk about those shame spirals, to bring them to the, to the surface because I like that term sh- shame spiral. Yes. Well, shame is a more often used word now than mm-hmm. it was 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Again, mm-hmm. there's language now. There's mm-hmm. language. Yes. We didn't talk about shame. Yeah. And it's okay for women to speak up now. Even mm-hmm. in my generation, I'm 10 years younger, nine years younger than it's you. And but, my dad didn't like us to speak up, yeah. <laughs> but my mom encouraged it. So yeah. you had to find out where it was acceptable yep. and not, right. or how to say things. Yep. I mean, we got to a point that we would feel out my dad, you know, okay, mm-hmm. is, can we say something now? Nope, not a good day. So hmm. my so, mom was very strong. And wouldn't you say, Jen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Small little lady, mighty. And she raised, I'd say, you know, two out of the three girls are strong women. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was kind of my experience as well, you know. And, and she was vocal, had opinions, could carry on conversations, um, not a pushover. And mm-hmm. I think I remember maybe a few conflicts between she and my dad over the years because mm-hmm. maybe she, you know, overstepped her bounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that I have that example. Yeah. So getting, getting back to the whole divorce thing, I want to talk about this because my mom is also divorced. And so I would like to champion you, Jen, by saying, I think the opposite. Mm -hmm. Do you know how easy it is for women to stay in an unhealthy marriage in a toxic cycle Mm -hmm. and just settle for their life to be that way? It's very difficult to change the narrative. 
to step out of your comfort zone, have the courage to Mm -hmm. say no and to move forward with your life in a completely different direction than what you ever thought was planned. Mm -hmm. And I think that people who want to talk down to others for making a change for themselves, they have no place. Mm. They, They need to be sidelined. And if you are comfortable treating other people like garbage, that's your own crap to move through. But it takes a very strong person to change any, any part of their life, let alone their family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And especially when you have children, because that person, it's not like a breakup where you can move on and you never have to talk to them again. But when you have children, your whole life is still going to be entangled with that other person. Mm-hmm. it's never not going to be. And so it takes incredible amount of courage to move forward. And I just want to say that because that is one of the things that irritates the living crap out of me. When I hear, hear people say, Oh, you took the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Really? They've never been divorced. If they're saying that. Right? And yeah. they have no idea what happened in your relationship. No, no. Everything can look great on the yes. outside, yep. but it is awful. Yes. When nobody else is around. And emotionally, yeah. if you are not happy, everyone around you knows it's not a secret (laughs) if you're not being taken care of and loved and treated with respect there is and your home is not a sanctuary for you there is no place for that relationship to thrive I agree so for me personally I just want to say I see you mom and I see you Jen and that is one of it you did not take the easy way out Strong and courageous. Yes. Is what they yes. Well, and I also think, um, because I really felt like I did not have the support of my inner circle when I chose to get a divorce. Hmm. And I was on my own. And hmm. it, was, it was very, very, very difficult. But what made me choose is you hmm. came home and made a comment about your biological father And I thought to myself, I don't want my kids growing up thinking, Hmm. this is how a dad is. This is how a husband is. Because it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And that's really what made me... Mm -hmm. For myself, I might not have done that. Mm -hmm. But I had to be strong for the kids. Mm -hmm. And I had to do it for them. And it was the absolute best thing I could have done. It was the absolute hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And continues to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I, the other thing is divorce is so many people, and maybe because I, I haven't personally gone through it, but so many people feel like it's a, a failure. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and I think that is the shame spiral it is. up in flames yeah. because it is not <laughs> up in flames. It is because it is not a failure. The only thing that makes it a failure is if you don't grow and move forward in a new healthy way for yourself. Yes. True. That is so true. That is not, it is only a failure if you continue the cycle Mm -hmm. that you were in. I feel like divorce is an opportunity for women, especially because for a long time we didn't have the opportunity to get divorced. Once you were married, you were locked in Mm -hmm. and you were screwed. You know, if you were unhappy or treated poorly, too bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And divorce is an opportunity for us to look back on our lives and say, I made a decision. I'm moving forward with a different one. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. 
it's a chapter. It's not the whole story, That's which right. I think is such That's right with, which I think is such a beautiful thing where you can now, you know, with your son now, Jen, you can show him what it is to be an independent person, to be somebody who loves him, who cares for his father, will never not care for his right. father, yep. but will also still be putting my, yourself to the front of the list mm-hmm. of people to take care of. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that um, I can speak to, since I am divorced, you don't take that decision lightly. And <laughs> no. it doesn't come overnight. No. And I think people who haven't been in that situation don't yeah. get that because they're on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like Betty said, they don't know your story. Mm-hmm. Um, but seek help, seek support. But I also think for me to make that decision to get a divorce, I had to know that I had exhausted every means to save that marriage. And one time I remember a church pastor we had was talking about divorce and how it was bad. And he didn't know my backstory. He just know we had seven kids and we were in church every Sunday. And I just started crying. I just cried through the whole sermon. Hmm. And he came up to me afterwards, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, did you do everything you could to save that? And I said, yes. And he said, then you are forgiven. And I will never forget that day. Mm -hmm. Because even though Jim and I were already married, he had already adopted my four children, so we had seven. Um, That was the day that the weight had been lifted mm, off cool. my shoulders that I didn't even realize I was still carrying. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. You know, that fellow, you might have to cut this cause this is going to be snarky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that fellow you referenced Jen and your story that came up to you. Oh yeah. I'd really like to have a conversation with his wife. People, but people <laughs> who, who say things like that, the only reason they say things like that is because they thrive when we're suppressed. That's so that's my two takeaways is, okay, so this is a man who feels threatened by strong women. And this is your attempt to tamper me down. Mm -hmm. First of all, shoot, it's gone. Mm. It was a good one. That's a sign of aging. (laughs) (laughs) Do I smell different today? (laughs) Yeah, you need some loomy. Did you see they have a manny one now too? (laughs) Oh my God. I hope we have time for this. One of my dear friends, um, we just just this summer, uh, another friend came back from Arizona, and we used to sing together in a trio for years and years and years. So we got together to see if we could still sing. I think it was pretty oh, rough. Fun. But, you know, I'm at the piano, and, and we're all there huddled looking at the music, and, <laughs> and one of them goes, ah, oh, I think I smell. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, oh, Lord, I hope it's not me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then she launches into this story about, well, my girls bought me some Lumi, and I don't know, I kind of smell like I'm 12 again. <laughs> Wait. And then she went on in great detail. Remember when you're about 12 and you start getting wet under the armpits and that just that really awful odor? <laughs> <laughs> so when you mentioned Lumi, I, is it Lumi or Lume? Uh-huh. Lumi, I think. You're, are you talking about deodorant? Because I know Lumi as a little deodorant for down there. Well, it I is, think it's for everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. I do have a question. If we're talking about changing smells, my assumption is you were referring to your vajayjays, but changes with age. 
No? No. Actually, oh. this article just quickly talks about hormonal changes mm-hmm. of the way they start to change will affect how you smell. So I've thought about that, and I, I bet every one of us can remember what grandma smelled like. Yes. Yeah. I huh? just... Yeah. It was a combination of her and her cologne, her lotion, Kleenex, her house. peppermint, <laughs> cooking. Yeah. But grandma had a smell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, this has been a really fun... Um, very dynamic conversation all over the board, which I was expecting nothing less. Sort of, Kelsey and I were talking about this before we started recording. I'm, and she confirmed that she's pretty sure of it. I have ADHD. Yeah. Um, so, oh, my mom's nodding. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, but I feel like every conversation I have, but this is just women in general. We right. are here, then we're there. That's yes. the spaghetti yes. brain, so to speak, uh-huh. is yes. what people say. We've been all over the board. Hopefully you've gotten a few really good takeaways. I have yes. again for I the third so time. I think so too. It's been so magical to be able to have these conversations and talk about things. And every time that we've had these, you know, this is the third time, but it's all different every time. Every time. And it goes to different different directions. And it's been really fun to have these conversations and sit down and make time for them. Because I feel like a lot of times you don't. So it's really nice just to to make time to have these conversations and really get into it. Um, And if you haven't had these conversations with your own mom, hopefully you feel like you've been sitting down with your mama. Yeah, and also encouraging you to do that to, to have seek, them, yeah, to seek time out and or someone who represents somebody who yes, represents them exactly for sure. Exactly, I do want to wrap up on a fun note. Last time we recorded this, I had asked if you could um, describe your daughter in three words. What would it be? And that was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a good uh-huh. takeaway. I am weak and um, unloving, <laughs> shallow, and shallow. The question today is a little, little different. Still, I think will be fun and telling. So here it is, Lori. And then Betty, you can answer this. But Lori, first, if your daughter could only take three things with her to a deserted island, oh jeez, what would those three items be? Oh, here we go. Okay, it's going to be her nine eight. Yeah, which is your jammies? No, no, no. Nine eight. I I still have yes. It's a blanket I made for her when she was a baby. How old are you? It's not tattered and in shreds. Oh no, absolutely, it it is. is. And then knots. And Marcus says it stinks. I wash it. I wash it. Okay. I'm not like Christy. It's old. It's hormones have changed. It's oh for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> she would take her night, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these are things, not people. You, I don't listen. You answer yeah, however you want. This. I'm going to cheat. Okay. She's going to take her night, night. Yep. She's going to take her family, uh-huh. and she's going to take her AirPods. Oh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because she does have to tune them out I every do. once in a while. Ooh, That's good a good answer. one. Good one, mom. That was very good. Because she said AirPods. What are you listening to right now on those AirPods on a regular routine? Oh, I'm a podcast junkie. Okay. So armchair expert. Love it. Um, I love Glennon Doyle's We Can mm-hmm. Do Hard Things. Mm-hmm. Um, my Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. Crime Junkie. I'm sorry. I'm not hearing Harapy anywhere in this list. Well, I do listen to Harapy. However, it's a little bit like self-indulgent. But, <laughs> but yeah. It's I, a good I, list. I, this sounds silly, but I rarely listen to music. I mean, rarely. Really? Rarely. Oh, rarely. Wow. Yeah. One day I stopped by and she was listening to a cleaning podcast. Yeah. Well, like I how mean, to get stuff really clean. Yeah. You're weird. <laughs> I know. All right, Betty. Hey, Betty. Shoot oh. it over to you. Three things that I would Jen. take. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'll keep it clean. <laughs> oh, my. You're going to put ideas in the people's minds. I am. <laughs> Listen. Are you shaming me? 
I don't think so. I think you're shaming me, maybe. (laughs) Jen would, Jen is technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I don't know. I'll say phone, but what I'm thinking is phone, computer, iPad, the ear things, just (laughs) technology. So if you could take, I don't know what one thing within that it would be, but... And then she would have to have a current book that she's reading. Mm-hmm. She loves to read. She got that from her father. Mm-hmm. Um, loves to read. And um, I'm going to say music. She mm-hmm. loves music. Yes. And I'm so delighted that she loves it. Because mm-hmm. I grew up with music. She kind of grew up with music. and I can't sing worth music. a darn. And she I can't play an instrument. Tracks. But I love music. She tried. Loves music. Her son mm-hmm. loves music. So is that free? so? That's yeah, it is. That's why when you're like, I hardly listen to music. I const it is constant. It is either in an earbud. It's on my speaker system. It's in my car. I I do Spotify personally, and I think every year they like kick out how many hours. Mm-hmm. I am not joking you. <clears throat> Please to say their little analytics about me. I'm in like the top five percent of oh my God. how much oh my music gosh. I listen to. That's probably that's, that's what I would be for podcasts though. Yeah. Yes. Because it's constant. Yeah. I'm constant and I and I love to go back and like re-listen to certain ones that really got me. Wow. I love that. Well I let love me it. tell you what as you age I like peace. I do like too. quiet. Quiet. Mm-hmm. I will, oh I love quiet I will too. just have nothing on in the house. And I will yeah. have nothing on in the car. Um, I think it'd be fun, Jen, if we mm-hmm. discuss what we think our moms would take. Three things. We'd... Flip it and reverse it. That's right. Ooh, I want to hear this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go first, Jen. You go oh, first. I was over here trying to cheat. The oh. way you should play hot seat when you have these games is there's no time to think. It's the first thing mm-hmm. that comes yeah. to your mind, right? Mm-hmm. I sort of cheated because I did write two down. But but for Betty, um, my mom is freaking hilarious. She's like a she walking is. stand-up. She she's a walking stand-up comedian. She see, she's laughing because she won't believe that, but it's her timing, her ability yes. to tell stories. Yes, yes, um, yes. I really, when you say you want to have a podcast or you've talked a hundred times about having Facebook lives, I'm like, do it. You're funny. People <laughs> yes. would love it. Um, the other thing about my mom, she's extremely creative, and I mean that across the board, whether we're talking with music, she's an amazing pianist. She did used to sing. She says her voice is shot, but I still think it's lovely. She crafts, she scrapbooks, she sews. I inherited none of those things, really. <laughs> what was that? Senior variety show. Senior variety show. She, oh, oh yeah, I also wrote down for creative. She has, I, I did get this from you. My mom can plan and organize events and people in a way that, is <laughs> I was gonna say like what's the phrase none above your organization top of the top of the line she's best of the best when it comes to mm-hmm. being able to organize and oh, make things right. happen okay the third one I I hadn't got there but I'm gonna go with um, the word that's like coming to my mind and maybe you even said this for Kelsey maybe you guys are hmm, interesting I was gonna say there's a lot of depth to my mom um, maybe not always the most willing to wait wait wait, sh- wait wait are you talking about words to describe your mom or are you talking about three things she would take to an island. No, these are words. She's oh, okay. deep. There's okay. a lot of okay. depth. But so, we're yeah. to the island. Oh, I yeah. thought we were doing words to describe. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I love wow. it. Yeah, Keep yeah, going, yeah, 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 yeah. I went with words. Talk I went with the more. original. Talk That's okay. That's okay. I just, I was going more, a different more, direction. More. So you, go for you it. You take it how you want to go. I was going for mom. but, but the, Go for it. Okay. The last one was just depth that um, Betty's not probably going to be the, the first 
I think you'd agree with this to, to show you all of her true colors. But once you're in with Betty, you're in and there's so much there that she's willing to offer, does have to offer. I've been the recipient of that for 35 years. Mm. Uh, and now it's been, I think the, one of the best gifts I've received in my entire life. I had the opportunity to grow up with a grandma who was extremely close to me, picked me up every day after school. And I treasure the memories that I have with her. And now here I am as an adult with my own child getting to watch my son have that same type of relationship with my own mom. Mm-hmm. And it's top I don't tier, know, yeah, top tier, mm-hmm. top tier, or as the kids say, it slaps, it slaps <laughs> to watch that relationship and the way that he talks about his grandmother and the things that um, she's teaching him in the same way she taught me. Love it. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what we were doing is words. So, well, I can do words. Oh, that's is that fine. All? Is that <laughs> Are you done? Wait a minute, Kelsey. Are you done? <laughs> I mean, Jen, I what else come up with more. So I think for my mom, Lori, I think the first word that comes to mind is um, selfless. You are constantly mm-hmm. doing for others um, and in a very graceful way. You are always putting everybody else before yourself. And um, that is something I feel like as a you know, uh, somebody who's benefited from that. That's so sweet and kind of you to do that. Um, the second thing that comes to mind is, um, wise. You're very wise. You, you constantly are, are giving me lessons and I have to call you and say, mom, what the hell do I do? And you, you, you're always listening to me and and able to to talk to me in a way that I can, yeah, that I can receive. Um, the third word I would say is compassionate. That's something, you know, you taught special ed for 35 mm-hmm. years. And that is something that you definitely pass down to all of us, that compassion and empathy. And um, that's, as I've gotten older, that's something that's a very rare thing to find in this world. So I'm very thankful that I was able to benefit from that. That's very clean. Thank you. I know. <laughs> you know, that's something that as we age, we're not good at taking compliments. Well, I never was, I don't think, but yeah, Mm. take it. it, That's not natural to me. Mm. I'd rather be the giver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I would just like to make a quick plug. I am a huge proponent of doing this frequently for your girlfriends. Mm. I try to remind my friends randomly through text, whatever things I see in them and appreciate about them, because Mm -hmm. I think we don't hear it enough as women and we tend to be so hard on ourselves. So, Mm I know we did this for fun, but I think it's a practice that we should all have on a regular basis. And consciously make that effort. Yep. yep. I agree. I think yep. that's really, really sweet. And that, I would like to motivate everybody to um, ask that of people close to them. Just mm-hmm. say, hey, what are some things that you see in me? I just think asking questions like that, that actually make people reflect a little bit like, why do I love you? And yeah. you around. This reminds me of one of my favorite characters in Saturday Night Live years ago, Stuart Smalley. Oh, God. Stuart? <laughs> You're good enough. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone, doggone it, people, people like, like you. We yes. need affirmations. That's right. Yes. Affirmations are a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Gosh, yes. All right. I would like to remind everybody that we are available on all of the podcast entities. So please like, subscribe, and follow us. I think we're up to 35 followers on Spotify. What? Whoop. I don't um, know why that's so exciting to me, but it means there's more than just our moms. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, by the way, Lori and I are starting our own podcast. Yes. <laughs> if we remember to meet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're just calling it um, physical therapy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. That is pretty good. That's pretty good. We have to think of topics. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, please follow us. Um, like, follow, subscribe. Please remember to look um, look us up on Instagram at Tag Your Friends. Hour. Tag your friends. Yeah. Make sure that you spread the word about uh therapy hour and also if you're interested in receiving one of our newsletters please subscribe it's going to be in our link tree um so please subscribe we're going to be sending out just a monthly newsletter kind of giving you guys some resources and also maybe some fun information about jen and i every once in a while so um make sure you drop your email in there we won't sell any of your information we're not going to spam you it'd just be a once a month type deal so i hate spam so definitely not spamming you exactly exactly so we just want to tell you guys thank you for being patient with us thank you for enjoying these conversations and thanks for loving our moms too you guys were excited to hear from them it was great fun thank you and thank you i hope you come back yes we we really do and um we hope that everybody remembers to wear your sunscreen Take your vitamins and talk Talk to to your your girlfriends. girlfriends. Bye, guys. (laughs)